0: i would be so depressed if i was a labor member like you just no hope there, there is no hope i would sign out of politics for the next 10 years
1: so so what about you as a tory why don't you want to sign out of politics even though this i don't know how many times
0: i have to tell you i'm not a tory
1: tory Corey, why you you even your name rhymes with tory
0: yes and I have, a, I have a friend i think who... not I have a friend who for the past 10 years loves calling me Corey the Tory. Um oh, No, no, Tory. just just Tory. Calling me Tory. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to do no, that. P- no, please don't. Please don't. It's so annoying. People, people at uni used to do that. It was so annoying. Somebody. Corey somebody-
1: the Tory. Welcome to the Not Bane podcast, your weekly rundown of UK politics from a black millennial view. Every Sunday, join Corey and me, Bay, your resident centre lefty, as we look at parliament, the headlines and stories from across the pond and the diaspora. So, Corey, it's your weekly PMQs section, lay it down on us. Sorry, I'm excited, go on, because I watched a bit today, this week as well. Yes, <laughs>
0: as you text me and you're like, are you watching, are you watching? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm busy.
1: <laughs> I watched La- it later. have a laugh.
0: Please, I'm very Kay. busy, man. Anyway, um, yes, I did, of course, do my weekly tune-in, <clears throat> even if it was on catch-up to the, the, the Bojo Keith show. And then the sideshow of Bojo. (laughs) See this week. <laughs> Boris was, was getting hot was, under uh, his
1: sweaty little collar
0: It was, it was To be honest, I'll go straight to question 6 For those who don't know and for those who have lives And have never watched Prime Minister's Questions Prime Minister's Questions starts off with the Leader of the Opposition Asking 6 questions to the Prime Minister And then random MPs ask questions after that So usually I go, you know, question 1, question 2, question 3 All the way down to 6 However, I'm going to start off with question 6 Because that was when Boris got Boris was
1: vexed Boris Booty was, was wet. Vex.
0: I I've His been hair watching was flying in the wind and all sorts. It's serious. So I've been watching Prime Minister's questions since what maybe about 2010 before Brown? Before Cameron? About 10 years, 10, 12 years, since uni times. Anyway, I have never seen any any minister, any anybody, any MP as angry as I saw Boris this week. That last question got him riled. I would definitely. We're gonna. I'll link. We'll link to it in the show notes. Definitely have a look at even just that bit. He was he was mad. It's um, so much so much so that the speaker after he'd finished his last answer, the speaker was like, "Okay, let's all calm down now." I love his accent. He's a proper northern of the speaker. Um, because it, yeah, it got got very tense. So as you can imagine, if you have been paying a cursory attention to the news this week, the questions were around you know all of the latest scandals to be hitting the Prime Minister, uh, mainly focused this week on who paid for your flat, Boris? And did you really say, I'd rather let the bodies lie high? Pile
1: high? Pile high.
0: Pile high, yes, pile high. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that Keir Starmer pushed him on. The first couple of questions were, well, the first question was a very direct, dare I say, forensic I know you love your boy being forensic, uh, very forensic, asking, asking Boris, did you say it? So, Did you say you would rather let the bodies pile high than enforce another lockdown? <clears throat> to which Boris said no, he did not say it. Uh, second question then, Keir Salma said, the ministerial code means that if you mislead parliament, you have to resign. So I remind the prime minister to think carefully about the answer he just gave or something like that. Anyway, he moved on from that. So that's basically boxing him in. Very clever because he boxed him in. He got mm. him on the record saying yes or no. Did you say it? And he said no. And he followed up with saying, well, if you lied, you're supposed to resign. So if it does come out when Dominic Cummings, uh, if he does have these secret recordings and if it is on tape with Boris saying this, mm. then he's going to be in a sticky position. Anyway, he moved on from that then to ask him about the flat. That was the other big story this week. You know um, the 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 flat above number not number ten number eleven Downing Street number where 11. Boris and Carrie and and little is it Wilfred live um, where yeah, they Winston, live something like that Wilfred Wilfred so is they Wilfred? Ha- yeah. So, so um, there was a big renovation on that this year. Apparently, Carrie Simons, the first fiance Boris's fiance, did not like the John Lewis furniture left behind by Theresa May, and Indeed, so they had as many people took umbrage to. They said, "John yes. Lewis, you think you're better than John Lewis? Wow, big British institution, you know." I don't like, know. There's only one. If the, the only, only it would have been only worse if they said Marks and Spencers. They disparaged the great names of name of M&S. So. The question is, you know, um, it cost 50-odd grand, and there's been a lot of stories saying that that money came from a Tory donor. and It cost more than 50-odd grand, didn't it? So, uh, yes. There was a 58,000... pounds, wasn't
1: it? 200 or 300,000?
0: There was a 58,000-pound donation to the Conservative Party by this person called Lord Brownlow. And so there are questions Mm -hmm. now whether that money went to Boris to fix up Downing Street. Yes. So... If that hasn't been disclosed, there are potential crime, potential misdeeds, potential crimes, perhaps because if things, you know, if you give, if you receive gifts as a politician or as a political party, and they're not declared the right way, if the right taxes are not paid on them, blah 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 blah, then you, you know you, you could be uh, in legal jeopardy. So that were the last few questions were pummeling on, you know, did he pay for it? Did you pay for it? But the big thing here is Boris now has said he, um, he. Boris definitely paid money for it. The question is, did he pay back a loan or did he cough up the, the cheque at the time of the renovation? Because again, if it was a loan and he paid it back, still in problems because it should still be declared and all of that mess.
1: What do so, you think actually happened?
0: I think of all of these two stories, the big two stories here, the whole body's piling high comment, even though it's been widely reported, Robert Peston, who's the, you know, ITV's, politics guy says he has it on good record that it was actually said
1: there's three been three sources now yeah
0: there are sources there the only thing is john in in prime minister's questions this week yeah johnson yeah bojo kind of batted that one away he's like no nah, i didn't say it and it seemed quite but the question about the flat that's the one that got him angry so that got me thinking he's touched a nerve here so of the two stories i'm thinking hmm maybe the flat one is true Maybe everything isn't quite above board there. And maybe the, maybe the body's piling high one, maybe he didn't say it. Or or he's so well, confident. No, he thinks
1: that yeah, that there's no evidence. So
0: confident that that beyond a couple of people who are now still anonymous and probably might remain anonymous. So mm-hmm. even if he did say it, there's no proof. So maybe that maybe that's it as well. But you know, um, again, push in again on cronyism and and do the public need a better. Uh, a better, a better person as prime minister. You know the standard kind of questions. You know <clears throat> what? Again, I resent is I get out. I, re- I I I resent when politicians try and tell each other what the public wants to hear,
1: because mm-hmm. you know
0: Boris went on his thing where you know the public don't want to talk about this. The public don't want to hear about this. And I was watching it thinking, hello, I'm public. I want to know.
1: I want to I, know. I
0: definitely want to know. Like I think I it's really important on. to
1: point. I think it's really important to point out as well that um the prime minister receives a 30,000 pound allowance for renovations on their private re- on the re- on their residence every single year 30,000 pounds that is also an important I think that is something that needs to be pointed out alongside that as well 30,000 pounds every yeah. year
0: and listen I I think that if you look at if you look at Comparable residences for other world leaders, right? The president of the United States lives in the White House. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> the president of France lives in the Elysee Palace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Boris isn't the head of state, but at the end of the day, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's a head, he is the head of government, and and really our head of he's state. He's not the head
1: of, but he's not the head, head, of, head of, state, of state. But he is so the, head the of Queen government. lives in the he palace, and he's the, the head show. of state.
0: But he is running the show. I ain't saying he needs to move into Windsor Castle, but look, the, the, no, no, the no, no. But also, sorry, as one thing. No, but let me tell you. Accommodation above mm-hmm. Downing Street is not great, apparently, by all... I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's probably better okay. than a lot of people live in. Turn it down, but then. You turn relatively, it down. relatively speaking, relatively speaking, it's not amazing. So, I am all for, you know... Joking. No, no, these are offices, and it's Joking. the same... For me, Joking. it's... For me, it's the same debate when it comes to Buckingham Palace, and people are like, Oh, why so much money being spent on Buckingham Palace? But these are official buildings of the state. That's where I look at it. He gets
1: £13,000 every year.
0: Or they should be kept to a very high standard. Not because of the person who lives there, but because of the office. So that's what that's that's where I come from in this. So hey, listen, if he's done wrong because he kept saying this week, you know, he keeps using the word I covered the cost. He said that I have covered the cost. And he said, I have met my requirements. But the thing is, him saying he's covered the cost, yeah, cool. You might have covered the cost after you got the loan, which hasn't been declared, which hasn't been paid proper taxes on, then we got a problem. So that I definitely would have a problem with that. But in terms of keeping these places up, up, you know, the upkeep, hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: I'm severely disappointed in you. What uh, on in your you stance on this, I think. No, but I wait, think that atrocious. I think that's a terrible stance. Why? The the flat the that flat think, is fine. I think that I think that the, think that the, the flat is who fine. Yes, the it should be should be living it should be, in it. should be you know, at, it, it, it should good quality. Well, you're asking my opinion, okay. let me say it. All right. So, it should be in kept at a good standard. Tidy, clean, good quality stuff in it. Fine. High, high you want seven. to update it. You want to update it. Thirty thousand pounds a year is fine. But let's also look at it at the fact that, based on the size of our country, it's perfectly fine accommodation for your your, your fiance and your small baby. Hmm. Come on.
0: They, yeah, they are a number eleven. Tony Blair lived there one. with
1: with his with his however many children. So true. did Tony um, David Cameron. True, true, true. Come on now. Sorry, it's we have to we have to have some sort of. Just discernment, this, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Like, let's be real. The country that we live in, the size of the country that we live in, the average side of the accommodations of the country that we live in. Ask Lizzie to borrow you a palace then, if that's what you lot want to do.
0: No, I don't think that would be appropriate, though. I don't think he should be. Well, I don't then, think minister should live in a palace.
1: He doesn't need to live in a palace. You live in a decent yeah, flat a in London, like most other people do. And you also have a second, you have another residence as well.
0: Checkers. So, yeah, that's in the country, and it you can't do government. No, but you
1: no, but you also have a personal home too, you know? Yeah. So relax, relax. If Carrie doesn't like it, tell her to go and stay in one of the other ones then and <laughs> visit them on the weekends. Like, come on. Come on.
0: So I I was gonna give so as we start I started last week by scoring them. I was gonna give it a draw. I was gonna call it a draw, but for Boris's outburst at the end, I thought that really that that soured it. And so this week I'm giving Kia again, I'm giving it to Kira again. So, care's up two, two to nothing. So keep,
1: keep, keep You keep in score so we can have a final tally at the end.
0: Indeed, at the end of the parliamentary season, we'll I'll talk. them Absolutely. Up. So just before we finish, I have to talk about your guy, Ian Blackford, head of the SNP. To be honest, usually, as I've said, I don't really like his, uh, let's say, performance. This week, I thought he did better. He was all right, and I am giving this week to him as well. Last week, I, I, uh, I gave that round to to Boris. I'm giving Blackford the win this week. He again asked two questions. Now, what I liked about what he did and what the Plaid Cymru leader did, did I pronounce that right? The head of the Welsh party. Anyway.
1: Plaid Cymru. Yeah, Plaid Cymru.
0: They were they were very much more, they were they were a lot more direct than Keir Starmer was. Keir Starmer was, you know, couching it. Obviously, he's a lawyer. He's got to be careful. Yeah, Blackford Not a anymore, though, is well, he? He's, but Blackford. Blackford, he the
1: opposition party.
0: Blackford basically said, um, so there are sources here. Um, you know, I'm not saying you're a liar, but you're a liar, what happened? That's basically what he did. He, So Blackford and the other person from Plyde started from the premise of, okay, you did it, why did you do it? As opposed to Kier was like, kill Keir, was more, sorry, Keith. Keith was more, did you do it? Whereas they were, okay, you did it. Do you think it was good that you did it? So I thought that was ballsy. I liked it. I liked what he did. I like what the lady from Plyde did. Similar kind of line of questioning. You know, she said, she just said, what happens when a Prime Minister goes rogue? So she's just assuming <laughs> it from the from the jump. Ballsy. Um it almost Blackford almost got a censure because you know you can't say certain things about other MPs in parliament, but he kind of stopped. He stopped just Even short. Even if it's of, true. Well, he stopped just short of calling Boris a liar. So, a liar. Yeah. so the speaker intervened and said, Yes, it was in order, but it wasn't savory. <laughs> this week, the London mayoral elections takes place along with all the other mayoral elections in the country but go ahead tell us about all the people who you will be choosing between to vote for your next leader
1: so we have a bunch of people uh running for the mayor of london city i'm gonna obviously give us a quick um overview of the top four parties and then you know I'll list their names and maybe a line or two about them. Obviously, there's the incumbent, Sadiq Khan, for Labour. His main uh, goals and policies, his major policies, are freezing transports, fares. Um, He's talked about reducing the uh, congestion zone times because obviously it's been expanded to every day, 7 to 10. So he's talking about rolling that back because ah. I think quite a few people are annoyed about that. Yeah, um, that obviously came. by the time came, I drive
0: down next.
1: That obviously came into play do, based on the agreements that was made with the Conservative government, because TfL required a bailout. Um, he's also talked about a jobs drive, because lots of people have lost their jobs during the last lockdown, tourism investment and more so, easier support for small businesses. Then there's Sean Bailey uh, for the Conservative Party you know, I'm sure a lot of us have heard his gaffes over the past six months, I won't go over those again, but his uh, major policy goals are reducing knife crime, increasing policing and increasing the amount of stop and search in the city. He's also talked about um, building 100,000 shared ownership homes at the price of 100,000 pounds. I I mean, increasing stop and search is an insane goal, but sure, Sean, whatevs. I have a question
0: about that. I know you're going to keep going through the candidates, but just a quick one on Sean. That 100000 is that the price he he wants to sell them at or the price he wants them to be, the cost to build
1: The price that he wants to sell them at. Oh, okay. I know, interesting. Um, There is Louisa Porritt for the Liberal Democrats. She, uh, her major policy goals seem to be, I can't really find that many, something about the EU. Are they
0: still (laughs) doing that? Like, are they still trying to get us back into the...
1: I don't know if they're specifically trying to get us back into the EU, but I'm trying to find some info.
0: They can't... uh, uh, Poor Lib Dems.
1: <laughs> but to be fair, she got the nomination after the previous person who was supposed to be running got suspended following allegations of anti-Semitism. So uh, that so might be a, a bit sin. Yeah, but her priorities, together. yeah. Her, her priorities are better jobs and cleaner air and more homes. Pretty generic, to be honest. I mean, a lot of that stuff is run of the mill stuff that people that Londoners want, you know, more homes, but uh, affordable homes, which is key not just more homes that doesn't that doesn't solve the problem it's not about the number of houses It's about the cost of the houses then there's Sean Berry for the Green Party she's run a few times now she wants to reserve reverse cuts to the youth services obviously climate emergencies in the in the city you know making it greener um, encouraging the use of LTNs and more protections for renters which I think is something that is definitely needed in this city because anyone is renting out, you know, a garage with a toilet at this point, it's getting a bit of a joke. There is Peter Gammons from UKIP. In the spirit of um, fairness, like the BBC, I'll give you his major policies, which is more police, less LTNs, which are low traffic neighborhoods, it's where they've been cutting off all the side roads, like, so you can't drive down them anymore. So they're pushing all the, the cars out onto the main roads. Which at first I was against as somebody who drives. But actually, even though there is more traffic, I think, I think they do serve a purpose in that it is good for the local side roads, people to be able to walk on them and cars are not driving up and down them using as rut rants. And obviously, you know, I mean this idea that kids are going to be playing in the street, I think it's not realistic. That's not how we live anymore. But it is useful, you know, that we can have walkable high streets. I think that's nice. It's lovely. Now we down high street and it's not full of cars. And he also is about more affordable housing as well. There's why are no they spots. a thing?
0: Why, why are they still a thing? Even at a local level, why are they still, a, like, what? what's the point? Affordable housing? No, UKIP. <laughs> like, uh, <what>? uh, no. <laughs> Like... Their purpose has been served, and even more so locally. Like, what? Why?
1: <laughs> oh, people are just trying to ting, is it? Seeing what sticks. Lawrence Fox... Do we have to? He, his policy is to unlock lock, um, unlock London and get us out of lockdown. He's been described as essentially the candidate of UKIP for culture. Uh he wants to take a New York approach to crime. And I'm thinking if he's talking about the sort of broken windows policing that was brought in under. Was that Giuliani? Or was it Bloomberg?
0: All right. I mean, New York. Remember
1: police. broken windows policing? Yeah. I mean, I mean New, York, New York police police but, is notorious for being extremely aggressive. So. But
0: they famously have had a massive reduction in violent crime since the, the bad days of, you know, of sort of 30 years ago. Although well, that was, was the whole
1: country was subject to No no no, no New crime. York,
0: but New York specifically have had a massive reduction in violent crime over the past sort of 25 30 years. So maybe that's what he means. And if he does mean that, I mean, you know, London does have a knife crime problem. I'm I'm not saying he's the person to solve it. I'm just saying it is a good goal.
1: Sure you know again, we serve balance here supposedly. So sure, why not be pro you can be pro loza. I'm not against it. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, no. I'm not letting that stand. I am not pro that guy at all.
1: Uh huh. Anywho, moving swiftly on. Uh, Count Binface. I just think he's fun. He wants to rename a bridge. <laughs> he wants to move the hand dryer in Ashford he... pub toilets <laughs> to a more useful place.
0: For crying out loud! Isn't he the guy who dresses up as some sort of weird Dalek every it... every all the time at every single he's election? A man
1: with a bin over his head. Count Binface. Oh, Focus. He wants to encourage masks all the time, not just during lockdown, which I also support. And he wants to talk. What? And he wants to. Uh, he wants to um, get London into the EU.
0: Oh, go away! Have we got any <laughs> more serious candidates or oh, serious candidates? There's also. Piers
1: Cor- Corbyn for uh, <laughs> let London live.
0: I he wants Jeremy- to end
1: all lockdown. He opposes <laughs> vaccine passports, and stop the extension of the ultra low emission zone. I mean, he's also I, known for being anti-climate change. He doesn't is, really believe
0: in it. Now. Who's who's Jeremy gonna vote for? Is he gonna vote for his brother or Sadiq? Who do you think?
1: Why do you why are you guys all so obsessed with Jeremy Corbyn? Leave him alone. He's you being just, an ex leader to his local area.
0: Because his brother is running for mayor of London. Who you What's just that got got to do with
1: him? What's that it gonna got do with, brother? Me? What's got to do with him? His brother? And so everyone has a brother sometimes. What's that got to do with them?
0: I'm Leave want to know who he's vote for.
1: alone he's He's minding his own business. It's private, voting is private, so mind yeah. your own business. There's Mandy Reid from the Women's Equality Party. I quite enjoy them. Um, her main priorities are ending violence against women, more affordable um, childcare for all, and, a, and investing in care-led recovery, which I think is important. And also, yay affordable childcare and then I'm just going to go over there's a few there's Vanessa Hudson from the animal welfare party I assume her stuff is about animal welfare and plant-based diets you mean Nimza you've not had good
0: research into Emma something
1: you're not you're not I mean I have but I, you know in the and interest of time <laughs> okay, in the interest right. of time I'm just going to list them Nimsabungay independent about COVID business recovery Uh, Kam Balayev from the Renews Party, which is a centrist political party, it opposes Brexit. Uh, Max Fosch, Independent, he is a YouTuber. (laughs) Stephen... (laughs) Oh, actually he's got one good one, which is making every carriage on the DLR, the front carriage, which I think is funny. And filling the Thames with sparkling water. Um, Stephen Kelleher from the Social Democratic Party uh Valerie Brown from Burning Pink, Richard Ewerson from Rejoin EU which I think is probably you know obvious, Uh, Farah London Independent, David Curtin from the Heritage Party, uh, Nico Omelana which is also a YouTuber, Brian Rose from the London Real Party and that is I believe all of them
0: Wow. So inspiring. Imagine being a Londoner. Glad I'm not. I mean, uh, on the one hand, I want politics to go back to, you know, 1785, where you had a lot more, a lot more, a lot less party politics and there were a lot more independents in parliament. And yeah, I love that. Loved less, that because period. it was only
1: bloody landowners that were okay. allowed to vote.
0: So I think that having amongst your list of about 20, the fact that about half of them, if not more, are independent candidates. I think that's a great that's thing. Good. Chimes yeah. with me, it's what I like. But then at the same time- What,
1: you're a, because you're a, what, because, a no, because you're what? Yes, because, yes, because I too am an independent.
0: No, because I too am an independent. Yes, because I too am an independent. As a Tory. Please. However, 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 on the flip side, there's just mm-hmm. such a lack of imagination. In all of the main main policies that these people are coming out with, whether Absolutely. they are just whether they're independent, whether they're independent or whether they're on a, a part of a party, there's just there's there's no where's the imagination? Rejoin the EU, okay, cool. End Lock, lockdown, uh, guys. Lockdown's ending in like five weeks, mate. Um, exactly. It's just there's just, and then you know, Sean Bailey, you know, hundred grand houses in London. Please, can't get hundred grand houses in Newcastle. Can't get hundred grand houses in London. Good luck. It doesn't
1: sound realistic, does it? It's like, what? I mean, it's a serious issue. I don't want, you know, I'm
0: laughing, but it's a serious issue. But it's just, it is very much a serious
1: issue. It's just,
0: I mean, who are you going to vote for? Or are you going, if you want to disclose that, is.
1: I don't want to disclose that. Um,
0: Disclose. I don't believe in secret ballots. Disclose it. (laughs) Why don't you disclose? I'll tell you I'm voting for in Manchester. You tell me who you're voting for in London.
1: Who are you voting for in Manchester?
0: When we come to that, we'll discuss it. Who are you voting for? All
1: right, then. I'm not telling. It's private.
0: Okay, who do you think's gonna win? I mean, okay, just sure. Bailey, yes, yeah, sure. Question: Sadiq's gonna win. <laughs> however, 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 have All right, let me, let me, let me, let me phrase that a bit more intelligently. Why do you think Sadiq is gonna win beyond incumbency? I didn't say you that. Can't just
1: I mean, you no, come, think he's gonna win? I think
0: Bailey. Oh no! Come on, let's be serious. Sadiq Khan is gonna win. I am. Um, okay. Yes, he's got incumbency on his side. That's always a good thing. That's always a, a a boom. If you you know if you're the current sitting of anything, you you know you're likely you you've got a um, a, yeah. You, <laughs> but why do you think apart from that? There's got to be more to it than that. Why? Because, why? Why because do the, other all of the
1: others? Are, um, because all of the others can't get the airtime and their policies are not cutting through.
0: Because his and policies all- are not. And that imaginative. So it's no, not a policy not. thing. So why it can't just be incumbency? Why is it? Why are they so far behind? I think
1: it is behind? incumbency. I think no, the same it, thing happened with um Boris Johnson. It was incumbency.
0: But they're so far behind. but his closest. Yes, because Sean Bailey. Bailey's
1: garbage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So wh- okay, that's the thing. So Bailey's his closest rival, and he is so far behind.
1: Why? Because Sean Bailey is not good. That's literally it.
0: I mean, we did discuss a few weeks ago, and I buy into it. That, that um, I buy into it. The theory that the the only reason that the Conservatives have put Sean Bailey as their their face for the London Mayoral campaign is just because they gave up. Um, so, you don't you think know, that Sean I, Bailey's going to get? A,
1: um, you don't think Sean Bailey's going to get a safe seat in a couple of years?
0: No. No. Mm, okay. I, I, they've they've deliberately they gave up, and so they thought, okay, who do we put there?
1: Ah, Sean.
0: Right, Sean, you go for it. I I one hundred percent buy into to be that.
1: this. I don't think they expected him to be this bad, to be honest.
0: You didn't? Well, mm-hmm. well, they've not helped him because, as I said a few weeks ago, again, like, does he have a team around him? Does he have any kind of? Yeah, he had a team. He just can't keep his mouth staff? closed. Well, competent staff should be able to keep, you know, keep. Unless you're Donald Trump. I mean, even Donald Trump's staff managed to shut him up sometimes. So I don't sometimes. buy him I mean, Well, yeah, well, seems like Sean isn't stopped at all. Oh well, Good luck. <laughs> so, as we've said, this week brings us the delayed local elections. Mm-hmm. Of course, we do have local elections, <laughs> even though you wouldn't know it because they are like just ignored. Uh, we have local elections every year at the start of May. Uh, yes. In but last year we didn't. It got they all got cancelled due to the pandemic. COVID. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So we've already had a had a little look at the London Mayor elections. Yes, we have. Chances of hopefully Uncle Sean coming through and winning there.
1: Yeah, hopefully he does.
0: No, you don't. (laughs) You hope he gets trounced.
1: My life. (laughs) You hope hope
0: he gets trounced. Anyway, enough of London. Let's go north. And this actually, I want to, I want to moan. I want to invoke northern privilege Um, because we are going to talk a little bit about you know Red Wall and a Labour coming back, you know, we're going to talk about the standard talking points. But mm-hmm. the first thing I want to talk about is this concept of the Red Wall. And often Do from it. you Southerners, you always talk about it from a perspective of a Northern Red Wall. Mm-hmm. When the Red Wall isn't simply Northern, it yes, encompasses north. it encompasses the North, West and East. Okay, cool. You can call it all the North in that context. Fine, I won't complain about that. What I am moaning about is the fact that a lot of this so-called Red Wall exists in the West Midlands, Birmingham, Dudley, and all them spots there, Londoners. That's what not am I going to say to you? That's <laughs> no, not the North. Go. That's not the all North. All right, here we go. <laughs> no, 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 but it's, it's annoying as a Northerner. It's not the North. So if you want to talk about the Red Wall, fine, talk about the Red Wall. But the Red Wall stretches from the Midlands to the North. It's not just the North. Anyway, that moan over. Because <sighs> you lot just think anything North of the of Watford is the North, don't you?
1: Yes, we do because in from based on where we are, the northerly direct and things in the northern direction are north, the same say- way that things northern from you are also north. No,
0: but we don't but be realistic. realistic. No, but we don't call that something. I was
1: like, that sounds like a personal problem. Maybe you start, should, should start
0: anyway. I do, I do like though, every time I leave London, leaving Brent, hitting on the M1. And I see that sign that just says... Oh, God,
1: stop talking about the motorway.
0: It says the North. It just makes me feel warm inside. Anyway, um, where should we start? (laughs) We spoke about Hartlepool last week. I will briefly speak about Hartlepool just in the context of local elections because that is one of these places that Labour is trying to win back this week. Um, Because, you know, you lot and your party have really
1: struggled. Stop saying you lot and your party.
0: (laughs) Is it not your party, though?
1: not my I don't okay, know why right, you're saying right. that it's not my party are the Tories your party
0: no um okay so maybe it's UKIP. Kip <laughs> no chance anyway um so Hartlepool is a great example of where Labour are really trying to make inroads in the local elections this week so Hartlepool ever since it became so Hartlepool let me just draw back a bit so Hartlepool <laughs> are also having a by-election for their local MP So in addition to all of the local elections, they're having like a, you know, an MP election too, because the previous one resigned or quit, whatever, don't matter. That's by the by. So they have never had a uh, Labour, they've always had Labour MPs for as long as that constituency has existed. And now you've got like the co-chair of the Conservative Party who is doing door-to-door knocks up there. She said herself, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't even be having this conversation is what she said, (laughs) you know, so... This is a place that had Peter Mandelson, who's that big Labour figure from the 90s and noughties. You know, he won like 61% of the vote in 1997. This is like Labour heartlands, classic example of all these places that Labour are really struggling in. And, you know, the, the, the fear on that side is that it's going to translate into pretty poor showing in the local elections this week. Now, the local elections, a lot of the time you would expect the party in opposition to actually do well. Because you know yes. you've, whoever's whoever's the government, you expect them not to do well in the local elections, or to, or not to do amazingly, and it looks like it might be the opposite this week. However, this is what every, oh, so no this no is no. what everybody's been saying. This is what all the pundits have been saying this week. You know, basically that, and you know a lot of Labour insiders giving up the ghost already, thinking they're going to get chanced. Yeah. However, I read it's today. Seeming-
1: yeah, it's in, seeming a lot less likely.
0: The Sunday Times of all places had a piece today. Your
1: favourite paper.
0: Saying that Tory poll lead narrows. So, latest polls are showing that mm-hmm. the, the the Labour have actually caught up a long way. Um, yeah, they have now, actually. There's now one percentage point in it, in terms of mm-hmm. sort of the national poll. Obviously, this is a national poll. You know, you've got to break it down on a local or very level, which we don't have time for now. But all in all, what it's saying is Labour have actually closed a bit of the gap.
1: They have. However, the thing is. And so I think if that's because we're closer to elections as well.
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what we were speaking about before when we were speaking about Prime Minister's questions. All of there's, you know, people have there's 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 less confidence in the government. Now we're gonna I'm gonna insert a piece at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned to the end uh, of a radio interview this week, which I think tempers a bit of that. And it was basically somebody saying, you know, I don't really care if Boris got fifty-eight grand for the flat, it's not really that big big of a deal. And I think that is um, something that's widely felt i don't think it's going to make a massive impact on his chances long term
1: but it's clearly you think making... specifically because it's boris or if it's just people don't care in general in general I think do you think that this would be no, do think you think that this would be the same people would have the same thoughts if it was jezza no
0: i just think people don't care i think we're in a minority and people who are listening to this podcast are in a minority like in terms of okay. having that much interest in politics it's just as okay. what it is um But I think it is having some effect, don't get me wrong, and I think that's helping Labour, you know, close a bit of this gap. The thing is, though, a lot of the votes have been already cast because people vote by post as well as on the day. So, yes, it might have an effect come next Thursday when we're actually voting in person, but people have already voted in by post. Mm. You know, it might not actually make that much of a difference. So that's that. So, you know, you've got the local elections this week. We've spoken about London since I am in England's second city by Birmingham. Um, I thought I'd just uh, add in a little bit about the Greater Manchester because we also have a mayor in Greater Manchester. Supposedly. Currently it's Andy Burnham. Actually,
1: no, I do like Andy Burnham. I Andy like
0: Burnham. Him. I mean, yes, it's interesting. Both of the two major cities have Labour MPs who are once... Sorry, have Labour mayors who were once Labour MPs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, And like London with Sadiq Khan, almost certainly likely to win again. Andy Burnham is probably going to be my mayor next Friday as well. But we don't quite have as many candidates as you do. We've got 10. So we've got (laughs) We've got, you know, we've got the standard. We've got Andy, who's Labour. We've got the Conservative, somebody called Laura Evans, who I've not heard of until last week, when a little leaflet came through my door. Um, we've got a green, couple of independents, left them, and then reform. That's
1: actually a good point. I haven't received any uh, literature other than from the Women's Equality Party, and right. I usually get Labour canvases on my doorstep, but yep. nothing.
0: So not. that, so that's the next thing I want. I want to actually talk about. Like I personally don't know who I'm not so much. I don't know who I'm voting don't for. You? It's more.
1: I thought no, you said more, that you
0: did. It's more so that I I've not been given beyond my own you have to go out there and actually look. They're they're not doing any work. And it's interesting you saying that you felt the same in London, because I was gonna, I'm wondering, is this just a Manchester thing? Like I've had a little leaflet through the door. I think I had that conservative MP, Laura Evans, I I think. Or maybe I might've even seen a poster. Might have even been a leaflet. But apart from that, I got a little generic thing, which was probably from the council, non-political, you know, the elections are coming in addition to your polling card.
1: I've had nothing else. Nothing, yeah.
0: I know it's not. I mean, general... I was
1: trying to find out the Liberal Democrat mayor mayor candidate. I didn't have any information. It's not even come through in terms of like in my general news, what I read weekly. Nothing's really come through online, nothing on Twitter. I knew Sean Berry was running. I didn't know I didn't know the the Lib Dem person at all. I've had, I had, had nothing.
0: Search. I they just don't care. Like, so what I did was I Googled Andy Burnham. Now this guy, now considering Andy has been the mayor of Manchester for the past four years. I Googled Andy Burnham. First page on Google. I'm expecting to find, okay, yeah, a Wikipedia page, link to his Twitter, some maybe a news article from this week. And then I'm also expecting to find a link to his website. Does Andy have a website?
1: Does he, what?
0: There, there was no website. There was no
1: website. do these guys don't have any SEO people or anything?
0: So then I'm thinking, see, here's the thing. I'm thinking SEO for those who, oh, you know, we can't just be using these acronyms like that. Nobody knows what SEO means. SEO basically is like how you enable your, results to be at the top of search engines so i'm thinking okay yeah maybe he's got crap seo guys they don't know how to put his thing on the first page of google so go on andy's twitter Mm -hmm. page and i'm thinking okay well i'll find his website in his bio Mm -hmm. no i just find it some random other website like there's nothing there (laughs) i think it's i think it's pathetic that maybe they don't have the money they don't have the money they've got the money these are party machines they've got some money like OK, mm-hmm. yeah, local councillors are not doing, there's not much of an effort there, but there's not even much of an effort on the part of, um, on the part of, you know, people who are trying to be mayors of these big city regions. Mm-hmm. I just find it really sad. It's, it's, it's an indictment on how, I mean, if you think about it from a practical perspective, why would they put much effort into it? Because who's voting? ain't many people turning out for the local elections so uh, you think okay well, my locals yeah but you you're, yeah but you're 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 in the minority so you think okay you know what they're just doing it they're just they're just acting based on the reality of of the ground and it's like yeah well you know what i wouldn't put much effort into it either but i think that speaks to a bigger problem of the lack of social engagement and interest in local politics which i think is quite sad but um how does that change does it change i don't think it does But it will be interesting to see, because obviously on some level, it is going to give us a picture of where the country is at with regards to the major parties. So I think it will be interesting to see if Labour can actually, in reality, close some of that gap, because they are a long way behind. And as we said before we started recording, as I was saying to you, if I was Labour, I'd be so depressed because I just know where I see no hope for them right now, because there's no they just have no message. They have no message.
1: No, they
0: don't. Peter Mandelson, based, no, Alistair Darling, who was the last chancellor, basically, I was reading something in there this week in FT. He was basically saying, oh, you know what? Well, we can't really compete with the Tories because, you know, they're spending money too. So it's not like we can say we're spending money as well. And I thought... As I if like, that's mate, it. OK, it's not just about the actual... Yeah, because it's true. Rishi you has... You do have any
1: volunteers? You can't galvanise any volunteers? It's true,
0: it's true Rishi has opened the checkbook And just wrote blank checks this year But at the end of the day You could still present a picture Of how you're going to spend the money Okay, yeah, you're not going to compete and say Oh, you're spending 400 billion Well, we'll spend 500 billion Yeah, you can't compete, yeah, forget it So don't compete like that You compete on, okay You spent 400 billion this way Well, guess what? We're going to spend 400 billion this way And that's how you fight it It's just so depressing I'm so glad I'm not a Labour member Because if I was, I would be depressed and I'd give up on politics and that must be how you feel
1: I'm not a Labour <laughs> member
0: <laughs> well next week we will probably cover the local elections and very briefly and see what they actually what happened if anything changed about the
1: results yeah, yeah
0: and uh, if it actually means anything across the pond this week you're uh you decided to pull your finger out and give us the across the pond section this week
1: don't start, please. I've done Again. like
0: in the past three weeks across the pond.
1: Again, because as I said to you, you do not ever take any of my suggestions about Across the Pond. I mean, let's go. Anyway, so my Across the Pond this week is about the case of the police killing of Makia Bryant in Ohio. Um, on the same day as the verdict on the Derek Chauvin trial came out, she called the police for some help as she was being attacked by women in, some other women in her, girls, sorry, in her foster home. And when the police officer arrived, he saw the altercation, saw that she had a knife and uh, shot her and she is dead. She was 16 years old. Um, we've talked about police brutality a number of times now on this podcast. And I just think to highlight again, this is clearly a crisis situation which requires de escalation involving a child. And again, the first, it seems that the only reflex that the police have is to use deadly force. I mean, at some point, it's going to be a case that we're beating the same drum over and over and over again. But she was a 16 year old child in foster care who definitely deserved a lot better. I don't know what's going to happen in this case, to be honest. I'm really unsure if there anything is going to happen. Right now, there's an investigation taking place, but I am not hopeful. And I also wanted to talk about, you know, the amount of noise that we make for black girls compared to the amount of noise that we make for black boys and men. We need to be saying her name. We need to be highlighting her case. Could we need to be asking for justice and we need to be asking an investigation and we need to be arguing about what de-escalation tools are being taught to the police and how they're being used and how they need to be consistently used and especially in these sorts of situations which can be you know hostile situations situations where there's altercations happening situations where mental health might be playing a role there was also the case this week where a an officer over in this country was um recently um fired because he beat a young black disabled girl 34 times with a baton after she had been tasered, after she had flagged them down for help. So there was an issue with regards to police not having the skills or choosing not to use the skills to de-escalate situations where people are asking them for help.
0: I mean, the way that American police are just militarised is... I, dumbfounding it's like never ceases to amaze I I, I, I don't I don't see it cha- I don't see it changing you know I know it sounds really negative really pessimistic but it's so ingrained in the training in the culture how does it change does it change I, you know it's really it's, it's crazy every story you read you think they'd learn their lessons and they just don't Or maybe it's just that they don't. There's an element, I'm sure, of just not caring as well. You know? Um,
1: That's what I think. That's the the main point at the end of the day. There's not caring, not valuing certain people's lives. If Dylan Roof can be taken into custody alive after murdering nine people, explain to me why this can't happen for anybody else. Why it can't happen for people of color. Why it doesn't happen for people of color.
0: Yeah. And I think the. It there was a there was a sort of cruel irony that it took this incident took place. It was the day that the Chauvin verdict was yeah. uh, released was declared, wasn't it? It was the even that mm-hmm. evening. This was, was mm-hmm. when this happened. Yeah, just so it almost speaks to a, a a narrative that it's just something that just goes round in circles, just keeps keeps happening, yeah. you know, regardless. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I'm doing Thought of the Week this week, and it's about a lovely article that I read about the history of House of Feminist Writings um, and how feminism has been, well, you know, yeah, feminism and feminist thoughts have been disseminated by um, female authors writing fiction, fictional stories, fictional poems, in, over the last few years. And it uh, it is on therepublic.com, um, the Nigerian Republic, and it's called Zata Aya, History of House of Feminist Writings, and it was beautiful and it introduced me to a number of um Hausa writers. And I would recommend it's recommended reading. And if anyone who reads or understands Hausa, I would recommend reading some of these books. Um, I'm trying to find some uh, translations at the moment I am struggling so if anyone has any tips that would also be great but it was just I just thought it was really really interesting about how culture can be changed not just through law but through the stories that we tell through the stories that we tell each other through the stories that are private maybe they're intra-communal stories or they're intragender and stories within the gender because you know it's women who are reading these writings as well. But they're stories about freedom. They're stories about leaving your husband. They're stories about um, leaving abusive relationships. Um, and a lot of times they were tried, uh, the governments tried to censure them. Lots of um, religious leaders came out against them and tried to get the, the um, book markets closed down as well. So go and read the article. It's It's beautifully written. And it's a beautiful read. And if you're interested in reading some feminist writings by of I would uh, recommend the books as well. And we'll link it in the show notes.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at notbamepod. That's N-O-T-B-A-M-E pod. If you've got a comment or a suggestion for a future show, email us, notbamepod at gmail.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, give us five stars.